Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. The Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all the usual social media outlets. Do your bit to support us on Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Twitter, Twitch and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Give us a like, share, subscribe and join our flourishing community of not just wrestling fans, but gamers, podcasters, musicians and more. I'm Troy. Joined by Jay and Aaron, as always, welcome to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, episode number 230. That's right, I'm counting every episode now. Not that it matters, I just like doing it. Welcome to our review of this week's show, NXT. How are we, chaps? All good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This this isn't an AA meeting, mate. You, You can... You can talk of it. It's not a glue. Oh, so sni- I can open this can of top rope brewing then. That's oh! right. It's not a glue. glue it's not glue oh! sniffers anonymous. There we go. <laughs> nice. Are we all good though, chaps? Oh yeah. Are we all looking? F- are we looking forward to talking about a cracking episode of NXT? Yes, maybe. it was very very fun. What, I really you, uh, oh, what do you mean? Maybe Aaron. Maybe. Maybe. It depends what you're going to come out with next. Well, I'm I'm gonna come out with the first match probably. That's what we usually do. That's us- the usual running order. The structure of these things aren't. <laughs> the you didn't even know we were fucking recording this about ten minutes ago. To <laughs> <laughs> point it out to the listeners at home. Before we jump into this week's episode, Aaron, enlighten us with your titty tidbits. I see a little one title wrestling podcast, Ted Best Trinkets, and we do the Fandango. That's superb, that. He's thought that out. There's time and effort that's gone into that, and I rate that. I rate it. How much glue is too much glue? (laughs) Aaron, mate, that's, that's a solid eight from me. Oh, thanks, mate. No, you're welcome. That was excellent. Good work, pal. We're doing the May 11th. (laughs) 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 Sorry, keep that laughter up, boys. There's more to come. Uh, May 11th and 12th, 1974. The man with his shitty shooting star is born, Billy Kidman. Fucking hell. That shooting star, good grief. Shitty shooting star, but underrated music. Well, yeah. This is true. This is true. Entrance music slapped. Yeah. Um, 1977, the only thing glorious about him is his music. Bobby Roode is born. Oh, how dare you? He's got a majestic beard. (laughs) Okay. Don't don't disrespect beer money ink like that. (laughs) Uh, 1987, the one in the Lucha House Party with character, Lindsay Dorado is born. Yes, Lindsay Dorado. Lindsay Dorado is a massive fucking geek, isn't he? Yeah, Power Rangers inspired Power outfit. Rangers, yeah, we uh, love Lindsay. He's he's cool. I'm still annoyed yeah. he didn't get to wear his white Ranger gear. I know, man. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. Um, in 1995, at a taping in Atlanta, Steve Austin, that's stunning to you, and Randy <laughs> Savage had their one and only singles bout for the vacant WCW US title. Savage won. 
That's mad to think that Stone Cold faced Macho Man at some point. Like they're from two different generations, but then you forget when Stone Cold's career burst first started. What, what before year we know was him that, as he is now. Ninety five? Ninety five, yeah. That was the year we were meant to get the um start of the Savage and Michaels feud, wasn't it? Was it? Savage pitch. So there's like a famous sort of like um I don't know. I wouldn't say it's an urban legend. It's been like verified, but like it's a, like a kind of tidbit, if you will, where Randy Savage pitched as like a sort of like retirement feud to be like a two year feud with Shawn Michaels. Wow! And Vince was like, "Nah, I just want you to be a commentator, Randy." Oh, which, is why Randy sake. which is why Randy left uh, WWE. Wow. He got pet in commentary for another urban legend of it, Randy Savage. <laughs> what else? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I think they spoke about that on the A and A A and E documentary, but not the Triple H Booker T match at WrestleMania 19. Christ. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> in 2013, Kento Kabashi officially tires from in-ring com- competition. Ponglish Aaron. Aye, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, use your words, Hen. Uh, um. <laughs> In 2018, Rev Pro presents Epic Encounters. Ready? Right. Always. He likes to beat children. No, he likes to beat off the children, so he's going to beat a child. David Starr beat Curtis Chapman for (laughs) British. I'm going to be honest, neither one of those intros were good. (laughs) 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 Fucking hell. (laughs) Fuck David Starr. (laughs) (laughs) Aussie <laughs> 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 um, Open beat we're just squ- quickly skimming over that Aussie Open beat the Chosen Bros that's Aussie Open Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis beat the Chosen Bros Jeff Cobb and Matt Riddle oh wow yeah what team um, I believe Steph. for the tag camps that's cool um, Will Ospreay beat El Fantasma uh, that nice, yeah. Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. BCCK, that's Chris Brooks and Kiwi Cunt, to retain the tag titles. <laughs> Sorry, the what? Travis Banks. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> um, and in the main event, oh, get Banks. ready, boys. Get ready, boys. Oh, Tomohiro Ishii beat Keith Lee to retain the British heavyweight title. Yes, boy. Christ Whoa. alive. <laughs> Whoa. That's one for the fucking the rewatch. Jesus. <laughs> um, and we're going to the 12th now. So in 1971, no, he's not a twin. Doug Basham is born. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why is that so funny? It was it was the way he kind of waited for us to laugh and then started laughing himself. <laughs> in in nineteen seventy five, he's just a shite tall Carlito. Ricky Ortiz is born. Who was he a twin? Exactly. Who? <laughs> 
Ooh. 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 Was, he, was he a twin? No, he was not a twin. Oh. <laughs> um, that's just in case. Got to clear these nine, things up, mate. Uh, in 1983, his friend's MSK only like him because he's got Kush in his name. Kushida is born. Uh, in 2006, Ring of Honor presents How We Roll. Um, Matt Seidel, Matt Seidel, Matt Seidel. Put put your teeth back in, Alan. Back in. Matt or Mike? <laughs> Matt Seidel beats Jimmy Yang. He ha- he's not had his Wang yet. I was going to say, it's Jimmy Wang Yang. It's just Jimmy Yang. Okay. Um, Del- Delirious beat Kikutaro and Nigel McGuinness. Uh, nice. One of these things is not like the other there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Kikutaru Troy? No. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Bear with me while I get you a picture. Yeah, yeah send me a picture, mate. Uh, I'll carry on. Um, Kings of Wrestling beat Adam Pierce and BJ Whitmer. Nice. Uh, Samoa Joe beat Apocalypse. Who's Apocalypse, Aaron? Well, I'll tell you. It's Victor from The Ascension. Oh, that, that's Kikutaru. What the fuck? <laughs> it looks like a Snapchat filter. Yeah, he's like, he's a Japanese wrestler. I don't know why he's got the mask. Um, he's like a comedy wrestler. He's fucking mental. He, well, he's not he going look, to be he looks, he, looks, he looks like a blind kid tried to draw Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, he looks like a Japanese mascot. Oh. <laughs> Um, looks like a fud. Looks like a fud. <laughs> and that's delirious if you haven't seen him before as well. Yeah, I know what delirious looks like. Yeah. So yeah, yeah Nigel McGuinness really fitting in the crowd there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mark Briscoe beat Roderick Strong. Uh, Jay Briscoe beat Austin Aries. I didn't have a pun for him, so he's not worth it. Uh, fuck Austin Aries. There you go. There's your pun. Fuck Austin Aries. There you go. <laughs> Pleb. <laughs> uh, Christian Cage and Cole Cabana beat Brian Danielson and Christopher Daniels in the main event. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, and finally, in 2019, in the main event of Rev Pro Mayhem in Portsmouth, Minoru Suzuki beat Shaft Samuels. Imagine how stiff that match I bet that was. Stiff hell. as a brick. <laughs> Shah just body slamming Suzuki and Suzuki no selling. Christ. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Aaron. Thanks, mate. That is my, that is my tidbits. If you want more, just go to Twitter and follow us on the Twitter. Where can they follow you specifically, though? What's mate? your Twitter? What's my Twitter? For people are listening who don't know. Aaron Statcliffe, double A R A N, Statcliffe with an E at the end. Saying it like that. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> that's double A R A M S T A T C L I double F E S U double T C L I double F E. So you can do the Jarrett bit. Ah, sensational stuff. Cheers for those, mate. As always. Very much appreciated. That's it. I'm quitting my throat was dead now. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some uh, 
hairspray or face paint or something, mate. That'll do. <laughs> Vidal Sassoon, mate. <laughs> Fuck me. So before we get into NXT, if you want to let us know what you thought of the episode, hit us up on social media at Twitter at Untitled Rest Pod and on Discord at Untitled Rest Pod, where we've got a really good community of people chatting about all shows, not just WWE, but any other promotion around the world. So, NXT, let's crack on. Uh, we get like a little highlight package of everything from last week. Uh, all of the matches that we're getting for this evening and the kind of feuds and stuff building into that. And we kick right off uh, with Karrion Cross against Austin Theory. I've got a grape. Have you? There's a surprise. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, been hold, I've been holding this one in for months now, right? Now, Scarlett, when she comes out in this entrance, she doesn't sing the first part of the song, but then when it goes, the end is near, she does. She used to sing it all. She did. She got lazy. And then she used to not sing any of it. Now she's in between. Now either you sing it all or dinner. Make your mind up, hen. The bit, yeah. the bit that you're talking it. about. Wasn't she like? Doesn't she like speak it on the song? She goes. The end is near. That's fallen prey. Yeah, but that, I know. But doesn't she like? She speaks it, doesn't she? She's unless she sing it. So maybe, maybe like that's like a production thing where they've said, "Oh, just just do the speaking bit." Don't be a farny on the way to the ring. Just be a farny in the ring. Do you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. I don't dislike this entrance. I'd rather him just have it on a pay-per-view. It feels like the sort of entrance that you'd get on a pay-per-view. It seems like a waste to have it week in, week it, out when he shows up. It, it's almost like the demon entrance, isn't it? Like in that sense. Where yeah. Like there's a lot like of production that goes into this. An awful lot of production. Well, I say an awful lot. There's more production that goes into this than probably 90% of the other guys and gals on the roster in NXT or even Raw and SmackDown. I would save this for pay-per-views, in my opinion. And I'd have them just come out to like, I don't know. You could almost have, to, like 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 Bala has, where he had two different versions of the same song, where like the intro to the Demon version was slightly different to the intro for his regular one. And maybe have Cross do that. But I think it just feels a little bit kind of dragged out when you're just like, this is a weekly show and we've got to watch them do like a fucking Eurovision lip sync for three, four minutes before they get into the ring. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, I, anyway. I think with that character, like maybe that presentation, though, you can't really, you can't really strip that away, can you? Yeah. No. It's part I, of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of his larger character. So, the way they'd have to get around that then would be that they'd only have them actually like appearing on like pay-per-views or takeovers. Mm. He's this monster that when he goes rawr, fire extinguishers blow it on. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of his introduction, uh, Theory and, and Johnny's face on the side of the oh, ring. Really? He's in the ring just looking at each other like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> Gold. Brilliant. Um, On to the match. Uh, Theory manages to sort of duck and weave his way out of danger for the early few moments uh, until Cross gets his hands on him uh, after absolutely no selling a drop kick and just swats him away. And that fires him up. And then he just goes to town on him um, and just hits some heavy, heavy, heavy strikes. Um, 
a little bit later, he hits a side of suplex. He goes for a second one, but Johnny gets up on the apron and causes a distraction. The ref turns around and that allows Theory to then poke him in the eyes. Um, he gains a momentary advantage. It spills out to the outside of the ring and Theory sends him into the barricade. Uh, hits a short DDT also on the floor. And then Cross looks like he was about to get counted out. Theory then breaks the count, comes back outside and launches him into the ring post. Um, at this point, commentary announced that uh, Gargano would face uh, Bronson Reed next week for the North American Championship. Uh, and then back to the action theory, then mounts Cross um, with some punches back in the ring, hits a rolling drop kick off the ropes, gets a one count. Uh, theory then hits a fall away slam in the corner, but he gets uh, Cross gets right back up from it, rather, um, hits a pair of cider suplexes. Cross then followed up with his big forearm to the back of the head, which I'm just going to call times up because that's what he shouts before he does it. And I'm assuming that's what it's called. Um, Clobbers in the, back, in the back of the head and then continues to beat on him down on the floor. A lot like he did when he faced Balor when he won the belt, where he just beats him in the back of the head, which always looks horrible. Um, but does this the whole time with remaining eye contact with Gargano, who's kind of watching um, on the outside of the ring. And then he locks in the cross jacket and picks up the victory. Um, no surprise there, really. I was surprised the amount of offense that Theory managed to get in. Like there was a couple of points where I thought, I'm going to make him look this strong, really? But at the same time, it did make Theory look all right. Yeah. At um, times he could kind of stand toe to toe with him. He, he could match him, certainly for power. And I, I thought it, it, he didn't look too bad coming out of this, albeit a predictable result. It wasn't too much to make Cross look like a twat, basically. Yeah, exactly. It didn't hurt Cross, but it didn't it didn't hurt Theory either. You're right. That's pretty much what they did with the Bala match, though, wasn't it? Where like we th- we thought they were going to just squash Bala. Yeah. And then Cross actually held his own against, but uh, sorry, Bala held his own against Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very sort of like not not slow paced, but it was like a very methodical match, and it was like yeah. our plan. It was a similar sort of thing where like. Obviously, not the not like the methodical part, but like with sort of theory got an opening and then mm. managed to uh, get a bit of offense. But yeah, it, do, it doesn't hit across. I think WWE are trying to to a degree distance him from being like the sort of like spooky witch man. So to yeah, speak. it does feel like that. And yeah, they, they've like went in the build up to Ballad, they were sort of portraying him more as like an MMA fighter, weren't they? And, yeah, they've done similar sort of things, and even as even as offense, he was doing a lot more sort of like MMA style stuff mm-hmm. in this match than he mm-hmm. had been in previous weeks. I think that's just kind of like, as, yeah, like keep keeping it there because it's like obviously it's like the Undertaker entrance. He's yeah, he changed the style, but he still kept the the spooky entrance because yeah, it's it's, it's like a mind game almost. Exactly, yeah, and it's kind of it's. It's a lot of what we say when we watch NXT UK, Jay, when we look at someone like Isla Dawn, where you go, well, they've just portrayed her as like just a spooky witch and that's all she's got. Then they started to like give another kind of like, um, what's the word? Another another crease, another wrinkle. Dimension to her. Another dimension, another... Oh, she's two-dimensional. The (laughs) ten is four-dimensional. Four-dimensional, don't you forget. Um, and another another ring to the onion or whatever they call it. Um, yeah. 
but they kind of they, they're like oh well, you know she's she's got a kickboxing background and then they start to show that a little bit more in the match and it diverts away from that whole she's just a spooky witch kind of thing and i think they're doing a similar thing with carrying cross where they've they've started to pull away from that a little bit albeit as part of his persona but they're playing a little bit more into like oh he's got an mma background and this and that and the other so yeah it's kind of cool um after the match finn balor appears behind cross did kind of on his shoulder very reminiscent of when cross appeared behind finn when he issued his initial challenge for the nxt title which is a nice little callback i love that i thought it was really clever very clever very clever um told him that he didn't want to wait in line um he wants to fight now cross agreed with him and just said yep let's let's do it soon so do i let's go square let's go, go. <laughs> Um, but we then go backstage, uh, I think it's earlier on in the day, in Regal's office. Leon Ruff um, bursts into Regal's office, says he wants a match. Uh, Regal says, you can't have a match, not after last week. You took a bit of a beating. Um, and then he's like, well, I've been kids, cleared to compete. And Regal's having none of it. Ruff then loses his shit, starts to kind of knock everything off the desk. And Regal says, nay, pal, get to fuck. You're not having a match. He <laughs> see and, me. And, and he said, nay, we are but men. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, after this, we get uh, some tag team action. We get um, NXT Tag Team Champions MSK against Brizango in a non-title match. Um, this was quite fun. It was uh, a nice kind of like veterans against kind of new upcomers. Um, and we see that in the very start of the match when Breeze and Wesley start and kick things off. Super uber quick start, like both men seemingly having an answer for each one's bit of offense and attacks. And then there's a really nice kind of mutual show of kind of respect and they they this one-upsmanship sort of thing, which is quite cool. All right, Michael Cole, going super uber quick. Super All uber right. quick. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, when I start to say it's boss time, shoot me. <laughs> Uh, Fandango then tagged in, tried to slow the pace down a little bit with a, a couple of holes, but Carter didn't let up. He quickened the pace, which caused uh, Brizango to clash heads off a kind of exchange off the ropes. The referee even then got involved in that little mix where he managed to duck down um, like a step over and then leapfrogged over Breeze. And then his stance afterwards was hilarious, him just kind of bounding about. <laughs> you, know, you know what would have been better, right? If the crowd, I'm not saying it was a bad thing, this. I'm just saying it would be better if he just like just casually went into referee mode again. Like just no souls it. <laughs> like it was nothing, like it didn't even happen. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cool. It was after like Wesley jumped to the ring and he was like, sorry, pal, what are you doing? What was that? Barrett <laughs> <laughs> on Barrett on commentary's like, I'm, I'm not a fan of this. I don't like seeing referees being all athletic. So oh, job, yeah, mate. Fucking, you're jealous just because you ain't that athletic, you fud. Anyway. <laughs> um, after the commercial break, Brizango are in control of the match. Um, Fandango launches Lee into the corner, uh, hits a Falcon Arrow for a two count. Uh, we then get uh, told by commentary that Alexander Wolf is not com- uh, cleared to compete in his match against Killian Dane, as apparently he's got a dicky tummy. Um we then see MSK hit a move, that move rather, that they still haven't given a name, where Carter does like a somersault and Lee oh. just pushes him over. Yeah. Uh, Fandango then tackles Lee into the corner. Uh, sorry, then tackles Lee into Carter to break up that pin attempt. 
Breezen hits MSK with a pair of super kicks. Fandango goes up top for an elbow. Carter manages to drop him with a big knee to the outside. He then follows up with a moonsault from the top turnbuckle uh, to knock Breezango down on the outside. Back in the ring, Lee catches Carter's drop kick um, and uses that kind of momentum to smash him into Fandango in the corner. Breeze attempts an unprettier, but MSK then interrupt in a two-on-one and hit their end transmission finisher to pick up the win. Uh, after the match, both teams shook hands and MSK addressed the camera and made it very clear that they wanted to face uh, Legado del Fantasma in their next match. When, when was this called in transmission? When was this a thing? This, this is the first. The this is the first time like, I'd heard them refer to it as I, that. I was gonna say I've written it down like totally confused. Like I missed it last week or something. No, no, <laughs> I I thought the same, and then I checked back through notes and stuff, and was like, no, yeah. I hadn't mentioned that before. This is the first time it was called that. So, yeah, you weren't wrong, pal. Um, we then go backstage. We see <laughs> Johnny Gargano storm into Regal's office, and Regal's like, well. This is novel. I don't have a meeting and I left the door open for you. <laughs> Little callback to last week where he just barged into the meeting I, in between him and Scarlett. Johnny's Johnny, like, you know what's happening here. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, Basically just comes in and complains that he's got to defend his title against Bronson Reed next week. And he's just like, you don't care about me, do you? He's like, of course I care about you. You are an NXT North American champion. Marketing and even made you your own headbands. They look lovely. He's like, yeah, yeah, they do look nice. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny goes to grab the brass knuckles off the side, which Regal's got on this little plinth. And Regal's like, ah, 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 don't you fucking dare. And so he just grabs Regal's pencil and snaps it viciously over his knee because Johnny's what? well hard. Well, whilst he's got another 10 just in the pot sitting there. It's <laughs> <laughs> so no bones to me, mate. I've got 20 more of those. <laughs> I, I know I know, we're not going to get it, but I'd love it if this was teasing like it was getting Regal versus Johnny. Oh, mate. Can crazy. you imagine? <laughs> do, do it like a proper old like old school comedy match, though, not like... Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Though, yeah. Just, it'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> um... Speaking of old school, we then get NXT TakeOver In Your House 2021 announced, which is fucking delightful. You're not a fan, Aaron. By Todd Pettengill. I, I don't know who he is. He was the he was like the equivalent of Michael Cole before Michael Cole. Oh, really? Basically, yeah, he, was like, he was like the backstage interviewer who was in the midst of everything, like between oh. Mike Cole and Oh, okay. Um, okay, fair enough. So... They, they've had him on the book like they've had him like working with WWE for years but they only bring him out every now and again for shit like this right, I, was, right, right. I was surprised he didn't show up on throwback Smackdown to be honest <laughs> okay I'll have to go back and look I didn't recognise him but okay now you mention it he was, on, sure. he was on last year's yeah he was on last year's was he? yeah oh he was, he was. yeah 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 yeah. I know who you mean now yeah right okay yeah yeah that makes sense thanks for that uh, then we see, we go to the commentary desk. I can't remember what it is they say, but Everise are behind them with a, their cups and a, and a sign, which is funny. I like Everise now. I thought they were blurts before. They highly amuse me. I'm here for them. Apparently, they've got a YouTube show on the WWE's YouTube that they put out every Saturday. Everise Live. Yeah. Everise Live. They, they were meant to be doing like a special live edition of it on Stand and Deliver with Elias. And it got bumped right. to the uh, YouTube channel instead. Oh. We'll have to check it out. Might be a good watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. After be this... Better than Raw, mate. 
Well, yeah. I mean, it didn't take much. I'd no. rather <laughs> sh shit in my hands and clap than... Raw, Raw would be instantly better with Everize. It would. <laughs> my um, hotel coked up out of his mind, just shouting at people. <laughs> coked up frat boy. Yeah. <laughs> we like a get... young Randy Savage. <laughs> we didn't get Pete Dunn uh, in the ring coming out claiming he's the baddest man in NXT because yeah he fucking is uh, he says that Cross is ducking him calls out anyone in the back to step up he then gets blindsided by an angry Leon Ruff yeah. by Fitcher <laughs> Mayor the victim Leon Ruff <laughs> it's, it's just before the match starts where um, Wade Barrett goes well he's not medically cleared well he is me if you watch the show or listen to the show Fucking you hell. mentally cleared earlier, you Wade, mate, this is literally your job. Literally your job. One, Just listen. 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 Watch, that, watch that screen at the other side of the ring for you when the fucking promos and shit happen backstage. Barrett, lad. Barrett, listen to this podcast. He's, take take he's, a note or two, and then I'll be seeing you. Also follow me he, on Twitter. <laughs> he used to live around the corner from me, Wade Barrett. Did he? Yeah. Huh. Went to university in Liverpool. Lived there. So there's a park like by live opposite. He lived like the other side of the park. Ah. So there's the little diddy for the day. As your um, tidbit. Because you didn't get yeah. enough already from Aaron. There's another. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. He was, too, he was too busy trying to score another Everest mug by the sound of things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, into the match, uh, Pete Dunn against Leon Ruff, an impromptu match. Uh, Dunn just hammers Ruff from the off, uh, picking apart a lot of his injuries that he picked up uh, last week in his match against Swerve Scott. Dunn goes for his fingers and his hands, starts all that joint manipulation stuff. Uh, Ruff hits uh, Arana in the corner, manages to create a bit of separation, but Dunn immediately just takes over and continues to brutalise him. This is pretty one-sided for the most part. Um, anytime Ruff looked like he was going to fight back or kind of get himself back into the match, he was just picked apart or any injury that he kind of sustained from the week before played a key part into it where it just he didn't manage to kind of get his offence in as quick as he normally would. Um, Ruff fights back again um, hits a kick to the back of the neck in the corner and follows up with a missile drop kick uh, Dunn then drops him with an insiguri Ruff goes for his springboard cutter in the corner but Dunn catches him with a right, uh, right hand in midair and then after that he locks in the triangle chokehold and the ref just immediately stops the match um, this was cool in the it didn't hurt Ruff too much. He's coming off the back of like a, a really brutal match from the week before. So he was never going to win this, but it keeps Dunn looking strong, keeping to his word. He's kind of welcome to all challenges sort of thing. And despite being blindsided at the start of the match, still managed to dominate 95% of it. So yeah, it was all right. Wasn't too bad. Solid match for what it was. Uh, we then get a quick little backstage bit with uh, Legado um, just addressing Kushida um, or rather Escobar um, flanked by the other members of Legado addressing Kushida. I want one of those Adidas NXT jackets. Oh, they're beautiful, aren't they? They're nice. real nice. You won't find them on the Euro shop. Uh-uh. No. Nah. Disappointment. 
<clears throat> excuse me. Um, we then get a, a little video package. Frankie Monet is debuting in two weeks' time. Finally, she, she's already been there for so a month. She's so bougie bad. She's so bougie bad. She's so bougie bad. She's so bougie bad. That's all our music in the background done. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this because I'm not familiar with any of her work from before. I know she was a fairly big deal, like a kind of cornerstone of the women's division over in Impact, but I didn't really see a lot of her stuff. Um, is she Longer good? And Impact knockout. She's very good. Hmm. You, you're gonna you're gonna get very familiar with it because she's in Lucha Underground as well. Ah, <laughs> yes, Lucha Underground. It, Who's her, in, her what's her name in Lucha Underground? Hi, Valkyrie. Oh, Just same name. Okay. Her, her and John Morrison have a wrestling wedding wedding in Lucha Underground. Of course they do. It's it's <laughs> it, it's such a good wrestling wedding. I love it. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Do you like wrestling? You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Check out topropebrewing.com, our very own Big Tasties brewery. They do a great deal of wrestling-themed beers, including Cold Stone Cream Austin Ice Cream Pale Ale and Papa Mango Mango Pale Ale also. They also do an array of T-shirts, masks, cans, and mini kegs. Check out topropebrewing.com, or if you live in the Liverpool area, go to the Brew Tap in Bootle. And thatchface.com, where if you've got a minging beard, you can get beard balms, oils, and grooming kits. They also do apparel. If you put whatever you want in your basket, and then go, Aaron, where do you get your discount? You go into the promo code at the bottom, type in UWP20 for 20% off. And proceeds of your purchase do go to stick your cancer charities. Uh, we also get the announcement of Bala versus Cross in two weeks' time. Um, this sounds like it's going to be a really stacked episode in a fortnight. Debut of Frankie Monet, Bala versus Cross rematch. Um, is the Bronson Reed and Johnny Gargano one next week, or is that in two weeks as well? Next week, yeah. Next week, okay. Uh, either way, though, sounds like it's going to be a stacked episode. Um, we then go to uh, NXT Women's Championship match. Mercedes Martinez uh, against the defending Raquel Gonzalez. Has Martinez got new music or not? Or a new video yeah, package? She has. Had it for a while. It's not a new thing, this oh, new music. I don't know why it felt new. They've no, changed no. the way they present her entrance. That's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, for a I moment. Mean, like, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, for a brief moment when she came out, I thought they'd botched her entrance because she walked out and there was no music. Like, it was definitely quiet. And then it started up... But I think it's meant to do that to kind of cause this kind of air of like, because <gasps> they even said like, oh, there was an audible gasp when she came out. And I think they kind of hold the music off and let her come out for effect. So, yeah, that made sense. Um, yeah, this match has had a, a bit of build um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, another one I was looking forward to. Um, Gonzalez continues to, um, I say improve. She's improved a lot over the last year, um, but continues to kind of show why she's in the position that she is and Martinez is someone that I haven't been too familiar with although she's been in a couple of the May Young classics um, I haven't been too familiar with her work but I thought she looked really good in this you've watched her live she was in the Rumble I don't remember a lot from the Rumble was, mate I was, was hammered <laughs> I was hammered 
been drinking in the Texas sun for three days. <laughs> You're lucky I remember you, pal. Oh. <laughs> That's our word again. <laughs> don't, don't call me pal and saying you, you're wondering how you can forget me. Best of that. That's like contradicting yourself, pal. Anyway, back to NXT. I've got a gripe. Oh, go on then, pal. You off. Right. Go on, pal. So, we had Mercedes Martinez earlier on doing a little promo thingy, my bother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. We had Raquel Gonzalez coming in in her suitcase earlier than that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Both got booed. Both got booed. Yeah. Both it was heel versus heel. It's heel versus yeah. heel. No. Nay heel versus no. heel. No, it was heel versus heel, mate. <laughs> who, who am I to cheer for? You cheer for who you want, pal. They do heel versus heel matches every now and again, mate. But they're both cunts. <laughs> Or they're meant that, to be cunts. That's that's not my problem, mate. That's a you thing. So come on, pal, play the game. It's your fault. Come, come on, pal, play the game. Fuck's sake. Heel versus heel match, they do them from time to time in WWE. It happens, mate. Fucking bitch. Who's the biggest fucking eye? You, 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 you just meant to pick one, mate. Pick a side. I do want to pick the things. They're both cunts, and that's what WWE's telling me. Christ. WWE also tells you that Raw's a good show. Do you believe that too? <laughs> Come on, mate. Play the game. Shall we, shall we talk about the match? Yeah, because it was awesome. It was a good match. <laughs> Bloody hot fight. You can laugh all you want, Aaron. <laughs> so, uh, Martinez, uh, straight from the bell, takes it to Gonzalez. Um, immediately knocks her outside where she hits a cannonball off the April uh, April off the apron. Um, she then follows up with a big knee, uh, smashing Martinez into the bar- uh, sorry, smashing Gonzalez into the barricade. Fucking hell, Troy, put your teeth in. Um, they both manage to get back into the ring. Uh, they both then trade blows until Martinez comes up um, and hits a short arm close. Uh, sorry, Gonzalez hits a short arm clothesline, follows up with a power slam for two. Uh, Martinez then manages to regain some control after a flurry of punches, locks in a sleeper hold. Gonzalez manages to struggle out of that. Um, she does eventually uh, get out of it, and Martinez takes it to her in the corner, hits a big swinging neck breaker off the top rope, which looked really cool. She got a two count off that. Uh, Martinez then hits a spear on the apron, gets another two count. Um, considering Gonzalez is put across as this big kind of domineering kind of powerhouse figure, Martinez got an awful lot of offense in this. Uh, and look really, really good. Um, but then every time she did hit something, it didn't take long before Gonzalez got back up and just showed that she was a fucking kaiju. Um, but yeah, Martinez looked awesome. Um, Gonzalez then uses Martinez's momentum off the ropes to hoist her up and over uh, for a power bomb, but ends up draping her onto the top rope, which is like a nasty landing, and she then rolls out onto the mat down. Uh, she then slammed her into the barricade and the steel post. Um, uh, and nearly pinned her off that. Um, after some back and forth between them, Martinez then reverses the single arm power bomb, hits a fisherman buster for a near fall. Martinez hits uh, a low knee and then kind of runs in to hit the finish, uh, but then was met by a big boot and then that single arm power bomb for the victory for Gonzalez. Um, they did give that single arm power bomb uh, a name at the start and they had it on the the little kind of 
uh, graphic on the sign. I can't remember what they called it. So I'll have to look that up. However, yeah, saying, saying that um, on the subject of those kind of little banners that they put up at the side, I've noticed they do that on the championship matches because they did it later on as well. I think that's a really nice touch. And they have like the, the proper ring announcement like they usually do at TakeOver for it. Um, yeah, nice little touch. Either, either it was a short match or I fell asleep. Which one was it? Uh, you fell asleep. Fell asleep. <laughs> hey, do you want about two, 15 minutes or so? Yeah. Right, okay. ah, I definitely fell asleep then. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, That's all right, mate. We had a hard day at work. I'll put it on that. Aye. It's weird that they keep putting a, like, putting a lot of these matches on that could have quite easily gone on the takeover. Yeah. They just both, throw well, on both, both of the championship matches on this week's episode should have been on a takeover. I'm just thinking of like uh, Bronson Reed versus Gargano next week in the cage. It should be on a takeover. It should be on your, in It'll your be house. be on a takeover. It's in your house. Get the blue the blue bar steel cage out. Yes. Oh, mate. Yes. Bring it what back a, for the night. One a, night only. What a missed opportunity. I mean, it still happen. It's still, what, a month away? Yeah, but Bronson and Gargano is in two weeks. In your house is a month away. Oh, sorry, next week. Yeah, exactly. Three weeks space. We can squeeze on our cage match in between. It's fine. (laughs) This is NXT, mate. They don't roll like that. That's fine. Don't worry about it. That's fine. It's it's a different match. It's a different cage. It's fine. (laughs) That's all right. We'll see them in a cage match another 11 times before in your house. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's quite it's quite fitting that um, someone in WWE said that Blood and Guts set the industry back 30 years the same week that NXT are bringing back a pay-per-view from 30 years ago. <laughs> Bit odd, that, isn't it? Toss pot. <laughs> Toss pot. <laughs> um, back to NXT. Swerve and the Mandem arrive in their big 4x4 outside the CWC. Swerve pushes over the cameraman and then um, AJ Francis is just like, nah, get up, you'll be all right. (laughs) What's up, Aaron? You look like you had a gripe then. You look like you were puzzled. Are you all right? No, I was just trying to read my own writing. That was all. Ah, right, okay. (laughs) You've been writing in Sanskrit again. That glue sniffing, it got to me real hard. (laughs) Did you use your spray paint can by mistake? (laughs) The paper? Let's use it on your mouth. Witness me! We then see that uh, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory have attacked Bronson Reed backstage. We then go to the ring and Isaiah Isaiah Swerve Scott comes in to his own music, stands there for a moment and introduces his new stable, Hit Row. And they look fucking cool. I like this presentation. Hit roll! The logo was similar to Death Row Records, wasn't it? Yeah, that's where they've got it from. Yeah. It's cool. It's awesome. I love this. The presentation is fucking quality. The music was stuck in my head all fucking night. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. As soon as I heard it, I was like, that's going to be stuck in my head all day. Yeah. It was. That's quality. Um, Jay comes down and just promises that NXT aren't ready for this group and says that the last six months or so he's been kind of like plotting and talks about how he was kind of presenting himself wrong and he's kind of doing what's true to him and 
uh, aligning himself with people that he trusts and stuff like that. And then he introduces each member um, of Hit Squads. So you've got Top Dollar, um, a.k.a. AJ Francis, uh, Ashanti the Adonis, and B-Fab, uh, a.k.a. is it Brianna Brandy? Brianna Brandy. Um, each of them kind of like spit some bars uh, which is kind of cool. The camera angle for this is really cool. It's certainly for like top dollars bit I, where it was like a really imposing image. The camera is kind of below him. Yeah, it was him like looking it. over at the cameraman, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, really cool. She was she was rapping on the theme, wasn't she? Yes, she is on on yeah. their theme. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, That's cool. But yeah, their, their presentation was awesome. Like all color coordinated. Like they they had that that red kind of like rolling desk chair that they slapped in the middle. They all had like the red threads on and. Yeah, they just look cool. Really, really good. And I think with the way being a faction, there isn't another faction in XC now that obviously Undisputed Air have kind of disbanded. So it's nice to see uh, something else in there. Um, but Imperium really, as well. Oh, and Imperium. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to see. I think these guys are really cool. I'm really excited to see what they do with them. Um, yeah, I've, I feel like this is kind of going to elevate Swerve to like, yeah the, the next level sort of thing main event level for sure maybe maybe help them get like the north american title first and then do it but yeah i feel like this is the start of like swear big push that we were we're all kind of expecting them to get a long absolutely. time ago absolutely yeah 100 percent agree very very excited speaking of exciting things we then see cameron grimes uh he's at an auction for a big mansion um, they put a bit of time into this. Like they actually shot like portions of this big old house and they had a proper kind of um, what they called, what are the guys called that, that host bids? Auctioneer. Auctioneer. They have a proper auctioneer there. Um, and basically he's kind of bidding as much. There's a car on the driveway behind the auctioneer. And before the guys even sort of started the bid, Cameron Grimes gets out of the car and is just like, yep, fine, I'll bid it. And he's like, he's like, sit down, son. It's like, it's not even started yet. <laughs> um, then obviously the bid's kind of flying here and there. Uh, and Starts off at two million. Two million. And then two million. I think he puts in, he goes up to like eight, nine million. And then eight. someone from the back says 20 million. He's like, eight. who's bidding 20 million on yes. this? It goes up to 7 million and then it jumps another 30 million on that one bid. Like the fuck you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's because Ted DiBiase has got long pockets and long arms. Just got thirteen million to just throw away, like yeah, that. just a cool thirty mil, just just a cool, just loose Watch change. His that, Watch his ass for <laughs> that man. Jump change, <laughs> jump change. So yeah, Cameron Grimes is yet again outbid by the million dollar man Ted DiBiase. Um. This is fucking awesome. I'm here for this every week. It's so much fun. I really I, hope this leads to it being him, him being his manager. I, I was about to say, I feel like they're starting to like go towards because like DBS, you went from being a dick to him to like being a bit more like you've got to learn. You've got so, to learn, yeah. like giving him some advice. Like, you can learn something from me. They're doing it, aren't they? Yeah. Give him the million dollar belt. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. I that, think I'd, I'd love that. That would be very good. The Dogecoin belt. Yeah. Dogecoin <laughs> Um We then say, <laughs> I'm just visioning in that now. 
Ah, uh, but he calls it dog point, dog coin, and it's just got pictures of dogs' faces on it, but like diamond encrusted dog faces, <laughs> or a Bitcoin belt, and it's just got like the B dollar like things on it, <laughs> or just a belt, and it's Cameron Grimes's face. Maybe on a scene, it's been a belt. Just, <laughs> just give us a really over the top, lavish belt that's only deserving of someone like Cameron Grimes. It's not even a circular belt; like the main plate is his head. Yeah, <laughs> Be amazing. There's then a video package with Zoe Stark, uh, basically promising um, that her next one over Tony Storm, uh, Tony Storm won't be an upset. Um, a lot of people called her victory over her a couple of weeks ago an upset, and she says this time it won't be an upset. Um, it will just be a victory or something. I don't know. It'll still be an upset. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Hey, yes, it will. <laughs> uh, the next match on the card is Carl O'Reilly against Only Lorkin. Um, I don't recall this match even being announced. It just sort of came out of nowhere. They squared up to each other outside in the parking mm. lot earlier on. Oh, yes, they did. They showed a little yeah. uh, earlier today thing, didn't they? That was yeah. it. Okay. Kate Faber reason why Only Lorkin did that. Do you reckon he was just waiting around the car park, just trying to pick a fight with someone? Pretty much. Ah. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm going to pick a fight with someone in the car, this car park. <laughs> You've not beaten anyone in a while. I've got I a don't you as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> Into the match, uh, O'Reilly just matches Lorkin's kind of early physicality. Uh, both men jockeying for position and jostling all over the place, trying to one-up each other. O'Reilly then kind of demonstrates a lot of his map-based skills and his holds and his like kind of grounded technician. Uh, Lorkin uses a lot of his power and strength advantage um, to hit some big, big strikes on him with his big fucking weird alien-like fingers. Um, <laughs> he's got he's got a hand he's got hands like a chimpanzee's, hasn't he? <laughs> the really long, the really long fingers, and then just a normal sized thumb. Marsupial is that the right word? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Him and Primate should team up and just be called like Gorillas in the Mist or something like that. <laughs> gorillas in the Biff, because he used to be called Biff Music. <laughs> gorillas in the Biff! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, Pete Dunn then gets up to cause a distraction um, just long enough for Lorcan to take advantage. Um wears him down with some big chops again. O'Reilly then answers back, uh, hits him with a series of kicks and some chops of his own. Um, he locks in the heel hook. Lorkin uses that momentum to roll over and continue into the rope to break the hold. Um, into the finish of the match, uh, O'Reilly finishes things off with a brain buster and a big diving knee from the top rope to pick up the victory. Uh, after the match, Dunn and Lorkin then attack O'Reilly until a wild Bobby Fish appears and we get a surprise return to save Carl O'Reilly. This was and his good. leg didn't break this time. His leg didn't break. He didn't do a <laughs> Kevin Nash and his quad didn't go on the way down to the ring. You missed my joke last week, Aaron. Oh, no. One then. Uh, no, I'm not going to tell it now, mate. Worry about it. Don't worry about it. It was, it was a good joke, though. It involved quads and it involved Kevin I, Nash. I, I genuinely laughed a lot. 
I popped the boys, didn't I? Popped the boys. <laughs> uh, Aaron, Aaron's looking more and more angry as he goes. Well, no, because we've had two or three quad jobs, and I don't know if we've already done it or not. <laughs> so, I hadn't out. heard it before, unless it was like a really long time ago. I, I would have been, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Bobby Fish, big surprise. Um, we've been waiting for ages to kind of, well, wondering rather for ages when he was going to reappear and show himself again. Um, certainly after everything with Undisputed Era breaking up and Strong going away and O'Reilly and uh, Cole having their little feud. So yeah, it's really nice to see him back. Um, it, it was a bit awkward when you were like shouting each other in the ring though, wasn't it? Yeah, I was going to say they had an exchange of words in the awkward. ring where he was just like, oh, it was like, oh it's, it's, it's good to see you. Yeah, and you too, it, mate. It's like when you see someone you know across a car park. Dan! 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 He hasn't heard me. Dan! <laughs> for anyone, for anyone like. that hasn't seen Alan Partridge, it's a reference from Alan Partridge. Just Google Alan Partridge, Dan. You'll understand what we've just done there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bobby Fish comes back. They have an exchange of words in the middle of the ring. Um, basically, kind of Kyle gets over to him that, you know, I'm doing my own thing now. Um and Fish says, yep, I can see that. Um, I've got my own scores to settle, kind of motioning towards Lorcan uh, and Dunn and says, I'll see you when I see you. That would be an interesting thing. Where do you think that will go? I've got a couple War of games. theories. War games? War games! Probably right, War first, games. Firstly, if you're going to say it, you War put, games. Some, put some stank on it. Uh, go on then. <laughs> War games! War games! There you go. <laughs> yeah, I can see it being Team O'Reilly versus Team Cole at War Games. Um, oh, okay. In which case, he'll pick Bob Fish and then Bob Fish will turn on. Um, Ooh. I would like... Now, we've seen all of the Undisputed Era members kind of go off and force singles careers. Adam Cole had a sing like, could has done and will do and has a singles yeah. career on his own. Carlo Raleigh's bust out of it and had a singles career. Roger Strong had a singles career before joining the Undisputed Era and can easily do that. Yeah. yeah. Bobby Fish, not so much. Interestingly and Bobby Fish enough, is more than capable and it would be nice to see that happen. Well, interestingly enough, like they've got like the old Evolve pay-per-views on the, um, on like uh, the network, haven't they? Mm -hmm. So the first couple of shows like that Evolve did, they were kind of positioning Bobby Fish to be like the big star. And there's guys like Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong on the undercard. So it's like weird really? to see that like, yeah. That now oh, we're talking okay. like, oh yeah, well, Bobby Fish could be the breakout star. <laughs> <laughs> like before that, they were he was kind of like seen as being like the guy who was going to be a big deal. That's pretty cool. That'd be nice as, like if, if they went with that. Um, I'm not too familiar with his work before WWE. Um I've always Kyle enjoyed him in the ring. They were Red Dragon, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. And they were managed from... by Shayna Baszler as well. No. Yeah. Wow. There's a match they have in Ring of Honor against the Young Bucks and Shayna's managing them. I think I think Shayna gets double super kicked. Fucking hell. That's After, pretty like, cool. After trying to like kill her through the clutch, one of the Young Bucks. <laughs> what I'd like to see is both O'Reilly and Fish go off and kind of do their singles thing. 
but they have each other's back when they need it. So they'll tag every now and again, but they're both they're they're, they're kind of their own guys. Um, we'll see. It's a big talking point, and it's on a, a massive positive. It's just good to see Bobby Fish back because he's been yeah. plagued he with injuries. Just, but he? he looked, yeah, he looked thick. Um, very, very, very that, pleased to see him starting back. Starting to get a bit of that Trent Seven bud on him, isn't he? <laughs> Trent Seven dad bud. Don't worry, he'll be dropping down to 205 soon if he's competing against fucking Kushida. <laughs> <laughs> After this, uh, we get um, a video package for The Way. Basically, them just as superheroes, which was fucking hilarious. Um, I love that they've put that big muscle suit on Austin Theory. <laughs> he looks like the thing from Fantastic yeah. Four. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is cool because it's obviously playing into at least Candace and Johnny's big love of comic books and superheroes and stuff. And we know that a lot of their ring gear is inspired by that, which is cool. Um, but yeah, like it's, I don't know how people can't enjoy anything that, that the way you do and the way that it presented, like it's, it's hilarious. It's really cool. They're, they're lovable. Um, and yeah, this, this was amusing. Um, speaking of Johnny Gargano, um, Bronson Reed then addresses the camera and announces that his match next week against Gargano will be in a steel cage, but they should be holding that off until takeover, uh, till in your house and doing it in a blue cage. Anyway, into the last match, <laughs> into the main event of the evening, and one that I was certainly very excited for. Not just because I really enjoy both of them, not just because they have both chemistry, but because they've put a stipulation on it and a stipulation that we don't see very often. And yeah. they, they overuse a lot of stipulations in WWE because let's be honest, a falls count anywhere, a no DQ, a street fight and whatever else pretty much all fall under the same bracket. Whereas a two out of three falls match is very different. And that's what this was, and that's why it intrigued me, and that's why I was looking forward to it. I think, I think the way they mentioned it, Wade Barrett made that on commentary. There, I think there's only been two other ones in NXT. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Adam Cole and Gargano and Sami Zayn versus Desiree. someone. Desiree, there you go. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, it's very good. Oh, I can imagine. The fact that this is only it's, a third. Is, yeah. Yeah, I, that being said, though, Sami Zayn and Cesaro, I don't know if I'd actually qualify it as a two out of three falls match. Why? Because the first two falls are like in the first 30 seconds of the match. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, still, I might go back and watch it. Because those two, those two it, in a ring, regardless of oh, stipulation, no, I'm sure amazing. will be a lot of fun. It's a really good match. It's yeah. just... Not really know, a two I'd out of three say, falls. I'd, yeah, I don't know if I'd actually say it would it counts as a two out of three four match because the first two falls are within the first like minute. Nah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, just like I say, a different stipulation. Um, it's like something I always clam before is like, why don't they ever do like a submission match anymore? When was the last time you saw a submission match? Or a 60 minute 2009, match? Wasn't it? 2009 was the last time there was a submission match. A 60 minute Both Iron Man match. So they've done... They did an you know, Iron Woman match, didn't they? They did, they did the one with Cena and Orton. And like, that was like 2009. Yeah. yeah. Like, they've done Iron Man matches since. Like, didn't they do Banks and Bailey, but it was only a 30-minute match? And they did Dolphin and um, Rollins, and that was Rollins, the main event of 
whatever it was. Extreme rules, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. But they rarely do stipulations like that. And it seems like it's too easy to kind of just go to the, oh, it's a street fight or it's a, a something on something street fight. But they always seem to be the same thing. Like the other week, they had the false count anywhere match, didn't they? With uh, Scott and Ruff. And although they didn't actually have that many falls outside of the ring, it was at least a kind of stipulation that we don't see all that often. Um, but yeah, this is intriguing. Uh, and I'm ex- I was excited to see it on the card, at least. Um, however, the match, I digress. Escobar comes out hot, uh, knocks Kushida out to the outside of the ring. Mendoza and Wild try to interfere straight away within the opening 20 seconds of the match. MSK, from out of fucking nowhere, launch them, like, yeet themselves over the barricades. <laughs> yeet! Um, <laughs> just take them out. One um, of them nearly landed, like, on the apron when they did the dive as well. Um, I think it was Wesley. Yeah. Carter cleared it by a fair bit, but Wesley was the one that was kind of like furthest away from the camera and he didn't look like he cleared it by much. Um, Yeah, the referees throw all four men out, um, which allows them to then fight one-on-one. Kashida hits a swanton on the outside to Escobar um, as he's distracted by the ejections of the the other two members of Legado. He didn't get caught much on it, did he? He just went... It just splat... (laughs) (laughs) after the break uh, Escobar is on the top rope uh, and Walker Kushida out with some big physical strikes Um, Escobar then drops Kushida's stomach first onto the top turnbuckle uh, from the top rope Uh, I think he's sort of got him draped over his shoulders and just kind of jumps down drops him on there Uh, Boston crabs Kushida around the ring post on the outside which looked fucking horrible Escobar then locks in uh, a Mexican surfboard that's at least what commentary called it. To me, it was just a surfboard. I think they're just calling it a Mexican one because he's Mexican. Because I, I didn't see much difference in that and any other surfboard manoeuvre other than the fact that the guy executing it was Mexican. Did he uh, have a sombrero on? Did <laughs> I mean, he did when he came down to the ring. <laughs> um he then transitions, uh, puts uh, Kashida into a camel clutch, continues to dominate and stay on top of him. Um, Escobar remained on top for quite a while, had a fair amount of the offense. Um, Kashida did manage to try and fight back, but was caught by a knee strike. That allowed Escobar um, to plant Kashida with a phantom driver and take the first fall. Escobar. That was a horrible looking phantom driver. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah. Um,. There was a couple of moves in it. There's one a little later uh, towards the end of the match that looked bloody awful as well. Um, but yeah, straight after that Phantom Driver, Escobar just looked and and, and kind of carried himself quite cockily. Um, and then just as they're about to go to the commercial break, like Vic Joseph even says, like, we're about to go to commercial break, like, stick with us. And Escobar immediately runs into the hoverboard lock and almost immediately tapped out as well. Yeah. That just came from out of nowhere. The um, whole ad break thing was cool as well, whilst they were doing it. Where Vic was like, truck, truck, wait, wait, wait. Let's wait, go, wait, go, wait, go. wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. Really, really cool. Yeah. Um, really played into the kind of the, the franticness of the whole thing and this kind of, don't go anywhere. Like, you know, we'll, we'll keep with the action. And it was just like, no, literally don't go anywhere. Like he's about to tap him out. Yeah. Really, really cool. 
um, after the eventual commercial break, um, Kushida continues to try and work the arm uh, of Escobar in any way possible, uh, using the ropes as advantage at one point. Um, but as he does that, Escobar then hangs him up to gain an advantage. He then hits uh, a suicide dive to the outside, rolls Kushida back in for a couple of two-count pin attempts. Um, Escobar then dodges a baseball slide uh, on the outside of the apron uh, from Kushida, um, but drops him with that kind of arm lock where he just, like a bull, uh, bulldog arm lock sort of thing. Is that what it is? Yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, drops him onto the mat with that. Bulldog, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kushida then rolls through um, on a body scissors, gets a two count. Escobar then gets another near four with that for roll up um, off the armbar attempt by Kushida. Both men then trade roll ups, jackknife pins, inside cradles, and finally just double down and, and, and hit a clothesline and they both fall to the mat. Um, it, was the, it was the very last um, thing on that where like Escobar gets out and goes, oh shit, is it done? Oh no! Right, it, it was um, <laughs> it was a callback, wasn't it? So when Kashida won the belt, yeah, they yeah. that exact spot. So that was really nice. Yeah, um, Kashida then took Escobar off the top rope with a hoverboard lock, kept it like cinched in for fucking ages until Escobar eventually managed to make it to the rope. Kashida then locked it in again and then hit a really nasty like bridging sort of suplex, but into the corner where Escobar looked like he landed straight on the top of his head. It was horrible. Yeah, he did. Because <laughs> he didn't followed that up with another bridging suplex and they got a three count and retained his title. What a fucking match. Yeah. Oh, Love this. Awesome, awesome, awesome. awesome. Uh, I feel like this is a match that we we might end up like having to go back and watch like later in the year when we're looking at like end of year. Match um, of the year. Match of the year candidates like, yeah. for like a... For like a dark horse because it's really really fun really good yeah um these guys have got great chemistry i hope it's not the end of the feud i hope we get like a third match yeah yeah um maybe at, um the in your house but yeah i, I really enjoyed this yeah so really really good um yeah that was the end of nxt for this week that wraps things up for that episode um a really fun episode really really enjoyed it some great matches on there um, some world building, if you like, for, for feuds down the line. Obviously, we've got the announcements of um, two matches in two weeks' time, one match for next week. So lots and lots to look forward to, as it is with every week. Um, what were our highs and lows, chaps? Um, I'll go on, Aaron. Uh, I'll go my low is going to be... I don't want to, but I have to. Uh, Gonzalez versus Martinez, just the build up and the match itself. I think that's morally because I must have fell asleep on it. Um, but you, been a long day, build, Aaron. Long day. Yeah, even the build up of them both like getting booed and stuff, it just took me out a bit. Like, okay, if if I made a boo both of them, why? Fair enough. Um, my high. Um, I'm going to go for... Oh, I went dark. I'm back. Um, my high <laughs> is is going to be quite a shocking one. I'm going for Theory versus Cross. Okay. Because I thought it was a great opener. As we've said already, Like Theory got his licks in. Mm. He, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it didn't make Cross look like shit or look weak at all. Nope. And then Cross still looked like a monster, so. That's a good show. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Great opener for the show. Mm-hmm. Over to you, Jay. Highs and lows? Um, my high was the main events. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and it, um, it was like pretty much head and shoulders above everything else mm-hmm. on the card, I thought. Uh, my low is more of just like a nitpicky one for me, but there's a couple of like couple of people who we haven't seen for a few weeks now and I'm a bit worried about them. Mm-hmm. And that's Tian Sha. Yeah, I know you're going to say that. They've yeah. not been on TV. Like for something that was so compelling and I was really invested in. Mm-hmm. And even like Fightful putting out like, oh yeah, Triple H and Shawn Michaels are really into this. They love it. And all of a sudden it's like, where are, where are they? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just a bit concerned that maybe... Fall by the wayside. Gone cold yeah. on them. Yeah. Um, that, that that and there was a couple of other like notable absences. Like there was no Champer and Thatcher. There was no grizzled young veterans. And it felt like they were going to kind of build on that storyline they started last week hmm. with that as well. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. We talk, we talk about NXT UK and how they struggle to put stuff within the show and it's a similar sort of thing, isn't it? So... I guess I guess the counter to that is I agree it would have been nice to see Tian Sha because that's been a number of weeks before we've seen them uh, since we've seen them rather at least with Thatcher and um, Champa and GYV we saw them last week yeah um, it would be nice to see Tian Sha however we got the introduction of a new faction this week yeah that's true that's true but I'm, but I'm they, not disagreeing. The, I, I want to see Tian Shah back on my screens as soon as possible. Yeah. And like, not not that I didn't enjoy it, but there was like a lot of stuff with sort of like Gargano going on. Mm. Gargano was in like four segments this week. Yeah, yeah. And then you had like the Bronson Reeds one, which kind of adds it to five, where it's like... Yeah. They, they could have maybe left one of them out or maybe... Had a vignette from Tian Sha. Yeah. 20, 30 didn't, seconds. Didn't have to, that was didn't the last have thing we've seen them was a vignette. Yeah. So, Two weeks was. ago, I think. Yeah. It was, but at the same time, it's like, it's still something. Like, yeah. yeah. Because, I'd, I'd take that over nothing at all. Because like it, it's... In a video. Yeah. Because mm. it's one of those things where, with wrestling, isn't it? Where it's like, what have you done for me? Like, like yeah. It, it's all well and good, them bringing them... They'll, if you bring them back next week and go, oh, yeah, don't, we haven't forgot about Tian Sha. But the fact that when we were talking about factions within NXT before and we completely left them out, mm-hmm. it didn't even come to any of our minds. It yeah. just kind of shows like the point I'm trying to make. Like, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. Look too long, people will start forgetting about them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What about you, Troy? Um, my high is Kushida and Escobar. Thought it was awesome. As I said, um, it was nice to see a different stipulation, um, and they they yeah they put on a fucking great match, and I wouldn't be disappointed to see them go at it again. Um, my low is O'Reilly against Lorcan. Just didn't yeah. really do anything for me. It was just a uh-huh. bit dull, and that's not a slight on either of them because I really enjoy both of them. But this was just a bit shit. I'm not, not shit. It, it it wasn't a shit match. It was just. It, it just didn't do anything. It didn't really go anywhere. It didn't really have a place for me. Like, not every match has to have build to it. 
but just shoehorning it in. I oh, hit. Here's what happened earlier today. Oh, why are you in the car yeah. park? Oh, I want to fight. Right. Okay. Well, there's got to be a bit more to it than that for me. Um, I've got no issue with matches kind of coming from out the blue, but just if you are, make it a bit compelling. Like this didn't. I, I took nothing from this. Like I, I would would rather have seen like, you know, two of the matches on this card get an extra five or ten minutes and not this not being on there. But then how does Bobby Fish come back? Well, that's the other thing. That the positive to come out of that is Bobby Fish returning. Yeah. So it wasn't all negative. My negative is the match itself rather than the aftermath. Um, but as an honourable mention, a highlight is Bobby Fish being back because we love Bobby Fish. For the whole two weeks until he tears his quad Behave, come on, give the guy a chance. It'll be, it'll be a month. The Kevin Nash of the Undisputed Era. <laughs> uh, Bobby Nash. <laughs> Big Daddy Fish. Bob, Bobby Fish is just a, a cipher for Kevin Nash's son. <laughs> if, you, if you move the letters around, it actually spells out son of Nash. Of course it does. Yeah. <laughs> like the Zodiac Killer cipher, just like shit. <laughs> easier to decipher because I've just done it so that wraps things up for this week's um, Untitled Wrestling Podcast episode uh, and our review of NXT thank you for joining us as always before we go fellas where can people find us on social media go who's ready I'll do it Untitled Wrestling Podcast at Facebook and YouTube where you can see all live streams actual live streams when we do them and um, retro watch alongs you can also do get to know yous on the youtubes and if you go to untitled dress pod on the discord join our server where not just wrestling fans are on there we would talk about obviously wrestling marvel gaming films all the shebangs aye all that shit and then F- if you food and drink on, <laughs> if you use the same on twitter on spray t- paint addiction at Untitled Dress Pod. Oh, the glue, brother. <laughs> <laughs> if you use Untitled Dress Pod on Twitter, you can keep up to date with us for our podcast reviews. Obviously, that's what you're doing if you're listening to this. But yeah. Um, and if you use it on Twitch, you can go to Untitled Dress Pod where you can catch all our gaming stuff. Every Saturday night, we do a gaming night. Every Monday, I play a game. I'm currently doing South Park Fractured Butthole. 100% playthrough. Um, and during the week, we do Halo. We're planning on doing other games as well. Um, there was so many things in the works for Twitch. Please go subscribe. If you've got Amazon Prime, it's free or 4 99 if you've not got Amazon Prime, but it helps us out either way. Thanks, Hen. That's delightful. Hey, run out of steam. you got to come up for air. Did you just have like a big like huff of some spray paint there, mate? <laughs> I hope I didn't come through an audio he's, that. He's huff. got he's got a tub of Johnson's paint down at the side next to his iron brew. <laughs> Witness me! Witness me! Chugging Julux. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. We appreciate it as always, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Why can Leon Roth light the fireplace? Because he loses all his matches. Wow. (laughs) How dare you.
Leon, Leon Ruff's a former North American champion, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you must love this podcast house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast House.